the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. We've been longing to have since this book arrived in my hands. It is, I don't know, this guy simply does not sleep. He's like the president. He produces books like other people produce op-eds. He is David Limbaugh, and the latest book is Guilty by Reason of Insanity, and it runs a cool 500 pages. David, welcome back to America First. Dr. Gorka, how are you, my friend? I'm good, but Sebastian to my friends. Sebastian to my friends. <laughs> there you go. Follow him on Twitter, David Limbaugh. You know how to spell that last name. Oh, by the way, I, I, after I see Sean do this last night on his show, I'm going to do, do a little Hannity myself. Full disclosure, <laughs> David Limbaugh has negotiated contracts for me. Yes, he has. He's the best guy out there, and he has negotiated contracts for me. So full disclosure, guys. Okay, Media Matters, you typing there, Media Matters. Um, David, you, you have written a, a, a masterpiece. Uh, this this book documents all the things that have gone wrong in American politics, the radicalization of the left. C- can I just ask you a personal question? As, as somebody yeah. who whose parents escaped communism, whose father was persecuted, tortured by the communist regime who escaped a political prison. Um, I have to ask you, as an American, born in America, did you ever think we would be at a place in our republic where the president, with regularity at his rallies, at his State of the Union, would have to actually say to the American people, America will not be a socialist country? Did you think we'd ever get there? I really didn't. However, I have to say that our dad was worried about it, was very worried about it uh, during the height of communism, because, you know, the left, even back then, uh, glorified communism and and apologized for the Soviet Union and said communism was not monolithic. They didn't want to take over the world. And they apologized for the Stalinist uh, uh, deaths in in the, the Soviet Union and the red Chinese murders. The hundreds of millions or 100 million killed in the last century alone. And so my dad said he was worried that the Soviets, uh, I mean, that the communists would take us over, that we were going to live in slavery. Now, I know he was exaggerating, uh, but he did fear it. And, and as a consequence, we had a little bit of concern, too. Let, let me let me ask you, with, with regards to some of the things that you've said in the book, can you explain to us how it is that the Democrat Party really, by all measures, has become the institutional home of anti-Semitism today? It is, it is really discouraging and, and quite unbelievable for all their projections about how Trump and, and his supporters are racist. They are flagrantly embracing Louis Farrakhan. Uh, the Women's March had uh, three of its main leaders who are renowned anti-Semites. They are anti-Israel. 
and and a pro-Palestinian, not just for parity between the two, but absolutely anti-Israel. I know that a lot of people will say anti-Zionism, anti-Israel is, doesn't equate to by itself to anti-Semitism. But really, in, in this situation, it does. It because does. The reason they're anti-Israel is because they're anti-Semite. And, and why they are it is mystifying. But more mystifying, I think, is why Jews, secular Jews on the left, would possibly support uh, those people, w- would support people who are against them, their heritage, their ethnicity. Uh, it, it, it is amazing. And I think part of it, Sebastian, might be that the uh, this is this is weird, but I, I discuss that in my this, in my book a little bit. The Jews have always been demonized by socialists and by radicals yes. as greedy capitalists. They personify greed to these people. That's why when Taleb or I think it was Taleb or maybe it was Omar who said it's all about the Benjamins. Baby. Benjamins. That was yeah, Ilhan Omar. Yep. You know, and see, so so they demonize the Jews as the personification of capitalist greed, and and so I think it's it's about that. It's a lot about that. Also, they they put them in the category of white. Their white privilege, even though they have been historically the most oppressed people in the history of the world, or among the most well, probably the most. I think I think it's time. I think it's got to be the Jewish and the Irish. If, if you're looking for people who've been persecuted over eons, I think it's the Jewish there and the Irish. Let, let, let's stay on this question of, of race, David Limbaugh. Uh, as somebody who worked for the president before he was president, as somebody who served him in the White House, uh, I can attest and I'll swear on, on, the, on the good book, this man literally does not see color. He doesn't have a racist molecule in his body. How is it that today we see a political environment that is even more divided racially? Who who is the instigator of that racial prism in America today? The the left has run out of ideas. Their policies have been manifest failures in the last uh, decades plus. And so uh, they've been exploiting race because they have no other way to get both race, gender, sexual orientation, dividing people on identity politics and getting their votes through fear rather than through positive ideas. But they, this really accelerated during Obama, as you saw. Yeah. And we have statistical evidence, empirical evidence, that racism was at an all-time high during Obama when it should have been harmonious. And now it has been decreased under Trump. How is that for irony? So, so they now stand for, whereas Martin Luther King stood for, Racial colored blindness, judging people on the content of their character, not the color of their skin, their individual conduct, uh, not their group. Now the left says, no, Don Lemon, you've got to look at me. You have to look at my color. We're going to be segregated again. We're going to, we're going to be celebrate our blackness, not our humanity. You, you need to see us as black, black enough, like Kamala Harris, by the way. Right. You, and for president, you should just be... Pure black. It's just an amazing balkanization and polarization uh, that they've done, and they're they're doing it, I believe, to uh, win votes purely, simply like because they don't have heart it's, to heart for the minorities at it's, all. It's a cynical, cynical political move. It is all about votes. We're talking to David Limbaugh. His new book is Guilty by Reason of Insanity. I have one more question to ask you. I didn't rehearse this. I didn't give you a heads up. But in your book, you write something really stunning. Um, that is obvious, but it's it's so powerful. Any any effort 
in our political world at bipartisan negotiations only leads to the left getting more concessions from the right, never the reverse. Why, why is that, David Limbaugh? What, what is the right missed in terms of the political landscape today? Well, it is amazing uh, that, that people say the left wants to compromise with us, and we all believe the same thing, the same goals, and just arrive at different ways of getting there. That's a total myth. They stand for the destruction of America and everything we believe in. Uh, they're against socialism, capitalism, all the rest. But what happens is uh, I think our side, the establishment Republicans, has, have always been naive and, and thought uh, that they just could work in good faith with these people. But the truth is there's no good faith on the other side of the aisle, even if there is a pre- pretense toward civility in some circles. There's no longer even that anymore. No. But the nature of the legislative process beyond that deceit that the left and the Democrats have is that any time there's a compromise, history has shown almost every time, except for maybe 10 percent of legislative enactment, enactment, we are moving the ball down uh, toward the, the socialist goal uh, post. Yes. And so you can see through the decades uh, that we've advanced incrementally and now in an accelerated way toward the, concert, the socialist end game, the leftist end game. And we are so far extreme now. And they talk about conservatives and Republicans being extreme. We can barely even keep up uh, with preserving the status quo. In fact, we can't, and we haven't until Donald Trump. And now we're finally doing it, and we're pushing them back, and it's a glorious thing. But so far, history has uh, been such that the legislative process has militated against conservatism. Even our own legislators want to bring home the bacon, uh, and they want to get patted on the back by their local constituents. So they'll exceed to spending more money, and they're they will not adhere to the freedom tradition and limited government. Even our own people often fall prey to this tendency. So it's a kind of an institutional problem that we have to address. We have to continue to address. And, and, and just, Donald Trump's radical uh, deregulation is such an important step. And, and just in case you think that this is some kind of navel gazing by, by David in his new book and, and by me in, in The War for America's Soul, Listen to this. This is the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation's new YouGov poll. They do one every year. This is from our friend Mary Margaret Ullahan at the Daily Caller. The new YouGov poll by the foundation found that 70% of millennials are likely to vote socialist and that one in three millennials perceive communism favorably. David Limbaugh, in the last minute we have with you, what is your message to those who, who don't believe that this truly is a war for America's soul? Look, look at the radical ideas that the left is promoting on their democratic debate stage, full-blown socialism, a, a war on the, the very idea that there are two distinct biological sexes, uh, racial exploitation, polarization. Uh, they are sta- abortion on demand, killing babies in the womb for absolutely no reason. Uh, except the mother's convenience. You, you can't look at the, the two agendas juxtaposed side by side and not conclude that they would fundamentally and permanently transform America into something our founding fathers would abhor. And we have to stop them. And part of the purpose of this book is to provide ammo for conservatives who want to go out and evangelize our position and, and dis, disabuse the youth who have been indoctrinated with these insane ideas and how destructive and evil these ideas are, fight back, and here's the ammo 
across the board in a comprehensive explanation. That's not the purpose of my book. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, don't mention it any time. We're going to have you in studio the next time you're in the swamp. He's David Limbaugh. Follow him on Twitter, David Limbaugh. You know how to spell that name. It's L-I-M-B-A-U-G-H. And the book, the new book is Guilty by Reason of Insanity. Order it now. This is your ammunition, Media Matters. It's rhetorical ammunition, okay? But this is the ammunition we need to take our republic back. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com.